Hi there, and welcome to Season 2 of York Talks, a podcast for families wanting to learn more about how the York School, Toronto's leading co-ed independent school delivering the IB curriculum from JK to grade 12, views education. I'm your host, Natasha Esty. This season, join me in conversation with teachers from the junior, middle, and senior schools about their craft and get insights into some of the most progressive approaches to education today. Ni hao, hola, bonjour. What are the benefits of learning a second or third language? Why is this a key component of the IB experience? In today's episode, we're going to explore how learning another language can help students increase their understanding of several cultures, including their own, and explore globally significant ideas and issues through different languages. To unpack this, I am joined by IB French teacher, Andrew Torres, IB Spanish teacher, Emily Cunningham, and IB Mandarin teacher, Connie Zhao. Andrew Torres joined the York School seven years ago after teaching overseas in Australia, England, and Ireland. This is Emily Cunningham's ninth year at the York School. She teaches IB Spanish and French. Connie Zhao has been an IB Mandarin teacher at the York School for 13 years. Prior to joining the York School, Connie taught overseas in Singapore. So I'm delighted to have all of you here today. Welcome to York Talks. Thank you. Hola. <laughs> Ni hao. <laughs> Ni hao. <laughs> um, to start, um, I would love to hear e- about each of your journeys to teaching and becoming an IB language teacher. Emily, let's start with you. Yeah, I, um, I grew up in Ottawa, so I was always in French immersion. So, you know, another language was always in my life. Um, And then when I got to high school and, you know, Spanish was presented as an option, I jumped at the chance to learn uh, another language. And I don't know, there was just sort of an innate passion for it. I think it's natural to gravitate towards things that you're good at. And apparently I was good at acquiring languages. And I also really, really love the, the musicality of language, the sort of performative aspect of speaking another language where you, you know, you kind of have to take on another persona in a way, and you've got to really commit to trying the accent the way it's supposed to sound. And my personal experiences with learning languages were so positive and so fun. And I also had an amazing high school French and Spanish teacher who really inspired me. I just thought she brought so much joy to her lessons. And I was fascinated learning about other cultures and what, you know, people in the Spanish speaking world were consuming and, you know, their habits and their music and all, you know, everything, their histories. Coming to York, uh, this is the first school uh, that I've, you know, ever taught at. So I, you know, I'll be honest, I was thrilled to have a job. The IB was sort of a bonus of, wow, like not only am I teaching these languages, but they're highly regarded in this program and they're highly highly regarded at the school. So I was excited to sort of be part of a a program where, yeah, again, we we value languages. So that was really encouraging. And um, yeah, I've been here ever since. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Emily. Connie, what about you? Oh, uh, I was a teacher in China 
and Singapore before I came to Canada. Chinese language, I think, carries a deep culturalist history, and I would like to share that with my students. Andrew, tell me about your journey. Well,、um, I actually completed my teaching degree in Australia and started my career there.、Um, I moved、uh, on to do some teaching in England and Ireland, as you mentioned, before returning back home to Toronto, which is a city where I was born.、Um, I very much understood the international component when it comes to the IB, and I was eager to be a part of a program that shared the understanding that I had and the importance of being a global citizen. Um, so seven years ago, I began teaching French in the middle years program here at York,、uh, and now I'm currently the diploma teacher at York. It's so neat to hear your story about、um, you know, teaching in in maybe non IB settings and then finding your way to to an IB school. What do each of you like about teaching language in an IB school?、Um, what's different or special about the IB? "Quote unquote" approach to to、yeah. teaching language, in your opinion, Emily? Yeah, I I guess one thing that I like, I mean, maybe it's not special, but I really like that sort of the approach, the themes, the way that students are assessed. I like the consistency across the board. So, and I feel like the way that the program is designed from. I mean, in my in my, I, I can only speak to MYP and DP, like the middle years program and the diploma program. But I like the way that it transitions. I think they've developed it in a way that that makes sense and that sets students up for success. I think it's really clear to students how they can be successful. You know, obviously. We're very academic, right? So there is a very big focus on on marks,、uh, on on doing well in that sense. And so I really love how clear it is. The expectations, the way students are assessed. I think it's nice to be able to present that to students and say, "Look, you can be successful. This is exactly how." And I, yeah, I think that's really clear.、Um, I also, you know, there's certain things as part of、um, the diploma program, especially grades 11 and 12, where we're told really to make connections with CAS. So that's the Creativity Activity Service.、So、that's a whole sort of project and portfolio that students have to build. And even in like the language class, you know, we're supposed to be making connections to that as well. You know, making connections with TOK Theory of Knowledge. So this idea of sort of Yeah, bringing in almost the other things that they're doing as part of the program and bringing it into the classroom.、Uh, I mean, it's easier said than done. You know, TOK is basically a philosophy course, so how I integrate that into a beginner Spanish course is difficult. But I like that that's an expectation of the IB that we're. It's not just a one-off. You're not just going to Spanish and kind of leaving it there. But we're trying to weave it together、um, as much as much as we can. Well, one main difference that I noted was、uh, the IB program has with it a very close relationship to the approaches to learning. So the ATLs,、uh, the approaches to learning, they provide a common framework for the students to reflect on, and it allows them to articulate how they're learning. So through these approaches to learning in language acquisition specifically,、uh, students develop their skills and. They that are relevant across all areas that allow them to learn how to learn.、Um, so in language B in particular, we have four conceptual, five conceptual themes that we cover.、Um, we cover identities, we cover experiences, human ingenuity, social organization, and、um, sharing of the planet.、Uh, and in these themes,、um, they're used to help students to build 
the capacity to engage with it, uh, complex ideas. So I found that that link to learning how to learn in an IB school to be a very important component in language acquisition. Connie, what are your thoughts on on this? Okay, for me, I think because as the requirement of the DP curriculum, so every student learns two languages. So in our school, some of the students choose Mandarin. So in our Mandarin class, the students not only learning the new language, but at the same time, they are learning the Chinese culture. You know, if you see the world as a book, uh, you know, those who haven't traveled have only read one chapter. You know, there's so much out there and you don't really get the full sense and understanding of different viewpoints until you've either traveled or studied uh, other cultures. I love that. I love that. Yeah. The book analogy. That's great. What or who inspires you in your work these days? <sighs> well, you know, in, in at the at this at the York School, we have really hardworking teachers. Uh, my colleagues, I would say, are those who inspire me the most. They have this intrinsic motivation to them to day in day out inspire me to work harder and want to work and plan and create with them. Uh, so they make me essentially want to be a better teacher than I was yesterday. So I would say my colleagues for sure. That's awesome. Go colleagues. Yes. <laughs> they are amazing though. That's why I'm doing this entire season. I'm here to celebrate our amazing teachers and faculty because it's so true. I mean, maybe it's a little bit cheesy, but I, I think the, my, you know, my students really inspire me. I'm sure, I'm sure Connie's going to say the same thing, you know, especially during these times they've been so, you know, people are kind of sick of hearing it, but resilient. Uh, I'm, I'm just so inspired that they're still coming to my classes and they're still willing to try and they're still willing to be curious and ask questions and they're really still trying to yes get good marks again especially when we're talking about diploma grade 11 and 12 you know those marks for university are so important but I'm still sensing from my students a genuine curiosity for the language for the culture for actually learning Spanish so that's really keeping me motivated these days. Um, and also, you know, as the world, you know, quote unquote, opens up again, I'm just feeling more and more inspired and excited for the opportunities that lay ahead of my students, right? Actually being able to travel and use Spanish. So that's, that's really motivating me um, these days, for sure. That's great. Connie? Mm -hmm. Okay, as Emily just mentioned, the things that inspired me most in teaching is the interactions I have with my students. Watching my students take on the challenge of learning to speak and understand a new language and seeing them succeed motivates me every day. It's often the little things that make a big impact. And for me, in the hallway, they greet me and say, Ni hao, lao shi. That makes me so proud of them. Absolutely. Well, maybe I can make you proud at the end of our conversation because I'm going to be asking you to teach me to say something in Mandarin <laughs> at the end. So I hope I can make you proud too. Um, so 
in your in your opinion, what are the benefits of of learning a second or third language? Like why, you know, why should we bother? You know, I know there's a lot of research out there. So, uh, you know, as an example, you know, something super concrete is working memory. So this idea of, you know, acquiring grammar and vocab and having to retrieve it really quickly in your mind, learning a second language really helps with, again, developing your working memory. And that kind of spreads, obviously, to other aspects of your life, other courses and whatnot. So all of that, you know, there are lots of, you know, neurological benefits to learning another language. I'm not I'm not, I don't know enough about neuroplasticity, but there are. So beyond that, I would say for me, there's a sense of developing empathy and sort of being exposed to other people's stories or other cultures. And just, and, you know, I think you mentioned it a little bit in the intro of just even when you're looking at another culture, making connections to your own and maybe even having a better appreciation for your own culture and your own language. Like we know that as you develop a second language, you start to notice a lot of things about your first language. And even like there's studies showing that, you know, your vocab in your first language increases as you learn a second language. I mean, there's, there, there are tons of studies linking learning a second language to benefiting uh, the learning of a child in other areas. So anything from improving uh, memory or creativity to even improving a child's multitasking abilities. Um, so a bilingual child's brain practices switching from one language to the other uh, daily. And so as the brain gets used to the demanding task of doing that switch, um, you can see it transfer in these skills into other daily activities and, and create that skill in, in other areas of their lives. So, I mean, the brain is only as powerful as you work it. I agree with everything you're saying 100%. Connie, do you have anything else to to add about what you feel the benefits of learning another language are? Learning Chinese accesses a different part of the brain. In learning Chinese, students build new neural pathways that are untapped with traditional alphabet languages. Because Chinese is different as Latin language. We use the structure right. So you can see the different way of learning the language. Mm -hmm. So the Latin language, when you see it, you can send it out. But the Mandarin words is like a picture. Okay, it's made out of the stroke. So it's hard to send it out. So you first see the picture. Then you understand what's behind it. Okay, so it's different. So it's good for your brain development. Like just coming back to this idea of languages being sort of musical, especially Latin languages, like in terms of the sort of ebb and flow and the up and down and the, you know, suave, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, I've got some music students who I can see really make those connections. You know, maybe they haven't Mm -hmm. said it explicitly, but I can sense from them that they understand that aspect of it and how they can leverage that kind of musicality of it uh, and then making connections I, maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit in our conversation but mm-hmm. um, even just be, the ability to then make connections like when they go to their actual music classes maybe they're learning a Spanish song you know in the Spanish language and you know maybe they're a little bit ahead of their peers because they actually understand the lyrics you know what I mean 
I think that makes so much sense too. And I, I, my experience often, if I'm listening to a language being spoken when I, when I don't know the language, um, there is often a beautiful kind of, yeah, the musicality of it. Um, and certainly in, in Mandarin and other, uh, you know, languages, Japanese, other ones where the, where the tones are so much about what the meaning is behind the language. Yeah. And, and so yeah. all of that is really quite interesting. Obviously, uh, learning another language is a key part of the IB experience. I mean, you have to be taking an additional language all the way through the IB diploma. And so why is that? Why is that important um, as part of the philosophy of, of an IB education? It's a great question. There's two goals that the IB experience has with language learning. Um, the first one is to increase uh, their a student's understanding of several cultures, including their own. Uh, and the second one is to explore uh, globally significant ideas and uh, issues through different languages. So by learning another language and the culture that surrounds it, a child can understand their connection and importance to one another. That's beautiful. And it's true. That's how we, how, yeah, how we um, develop our students to be truly global citizens in that regard. For me, when I when I think of that question, I think more about skills. So I think about, you know, confronting the unknown when you're given something and you are really not like, let's say it's a little text that you have to read and your immediate reaction is, I don't understand it. Right. And this idea of, well, let's work with what you have. Let's take a look. Can does that look like anything that's familiar to you? So this idea of just facing challenges with a little bit more confidence or a little bit more sort of mindfulness of, I can do this. I'm going to work it out. I'm going to use what I have. I'm going to use all my strategies. Cause you know, in other courses, similarly, I would assume math where they're presented a problem and they've got to, okay, okay. What are all the tools, all the things that I have that could help me here? Uh, so I think that aspect of maybe problem solving or maybe having more of an inquiry mindset, just asking questions and having that curiosity. I think that sort of spreads across the board. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if Connie has anything else to say to that. So for me, I think the world is becoming increasingly globalized and knowing another language can always give you more opportunity. And also the students don't feel they are just from one country. They are more international minded. So learning a language, another language, really increase their understanding of several cultures and including their own. Exactly. It's it's basically like the the mission of our school and of IB in action, right? We're trying to develop students to be to essentially be these global citizens. And so um, this is one of the pathways to that. So that's wonderful. I feel that it would be really fun to be in your class, to be taking <laughs> languages in your class. So if I could be a fly on the wall in your classroom, what would I see? What would I hear? What would I experience? What is that kind of environment like? Yeah, I think um, I would love to sort of imagine and if we could just put ourselves in maybe more pre-pandemic times, you know, in terms of what you see, I'm thinking, oh, desks in rows. But um, no, I, I, I think at least in my classroom, I would say variety is the first word that comes to mind. I think, you know, for me, I don't know if that's my style or if that's 
my personal preference or just what I've developed over time with my students, but variety for me is key. So that's, you know, working independently, working with a partner, working all together, working in a group, me, you know, letting them try something and kind of throwing them in the water by themselves or me guiding them, you know, step-by-step through something, whether that's like a listing activity or writing together, um, games, a mix of, I would say, things done on paper and things done on the computer. I think Mm -hmm. in languages, especially, it's so important for students to use pen and paper. I know Connie will agree, especially for the the writing, the characters. Um, In terms of memory, in, it's it's so important that students are working with paper and not staring at a screen, especially because of the rise of online translators and things like that. So you would see a very controlled use, I would say, of technology in the language classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really just a focus on all of our language skills. So just sort of an equal distribution of a little bit of listening, some reading, some writing and some speaking. Definitely a variety in that sense. And hopefully, you know, some jokes and some laughter and some, hopefully you would, you know, feel connection and that students are comfortable and students are at ease trying. Students are at ease asking questions. Students are okay to say, I don't know, but I'm going to do this to figure it out. You would see students engage in interactive activities, uh, in activities that will push them to develop their skills in our four pillars of language learning. So we have reading, writing, listening, and speaking. Uh, You would see students excited to participate in furthering their knowledge of the cultures that we're learning about and developing their understanding for the world around them. So we talked a lot about global citizenship, um, really understanding what that means and, and how that can translate into the other areas of their lives. Um, is really important. And I I really make sure to make that a key um, milestone in this pillar in my teaching. Connie, what is it like in your classroom? I just have to say, as I have walked by the Mandarin classroom, there is so much animation. You often (laughs) you're using, you've got a um, like a screen and you're moving icons and things around on the screen with your finger. It, sa- it looks like a lot of fun. So let's, let's hear what it's like in your classroom. <laughs> because, you know, uh, Chinese is very different from learning the not language, Spanish, French. Okay. So the characters have so much meaning condensed into a few strokes. So when I teaching the Chinese words, okay, I'm sharing the the culture, the the history and stories and the thoughts behind those words. So so I think okay, my students enjoyed okay the storytelling style lesson, okay, in my class. So I also at the same time I will try my best to ensure that my students enjoy learning these hard languages. <laughs> so lots of encouragement, okay, engagement, okay, and enjoyment. Uh, these are the very important factors in our Chinese classroom. 
And sometimes food. I understand that <laughs> with the Chinese a New Year coming up, there might be some treats in the classroom. Oh, yeah, I don't know so if you're well. allowed this time this year, but I know in the past you've you've even brought food in, which is wonderful. Chinese New Year means hongbao, lots of food, lots of fun. So my grade <laughs> seven students always ask me, "Can we go out for Chinese dim sum?" Okay, so I say let's hold on, <laughs> let's wait. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. Um, okay, so you know we were talking about what, what language education is like, what the experience is like in the classroom. Um, what about the future of language education? You know, what does that look like to you? And and what what do you get excited about as you as you think about the possibilities? As technology continues to develop, um, I think that uh, more connections to other language learners around the world will start happening. Uh, so, with the pandemic, it's really allowed us to open the doors to uh, improving the ease of connection with one another online. So, I can see in a classroom uh, new cultural language exchanges that can happen. You know. From students learning or in another classroom around the world, uh, where they can, you know, interactively learn together uh, in real time or even in recorded time, but just allowing us to connect with people further uh, in still in the same cultures that we're trying to to acquire our language skills. So. That's such an interesting point that you bring up. It's, you know, like you think about these sort of global teams or in corporate settings and you think, why not create these, you know, global language learning teams or, or groups and uh, or having, you know, native speakers of that language connecting with learners of that language and like all the amazing possibilities that could come with those kinds of opportunities to, to interact. Absolutely. I, I used to do uh, pen pals, you know, by hand, uh, where we would write to another student uh, in language B, French, uh, somewhere else, uh, or they could be learning English and they're living in France. So it's sort of an exchange of languages. They write to us in English and we respond to them in French. Uh, I could see that now transitioning into a video and audio com uh, component of language exchange where it's the virtual pen pals. Um, I find that that would be a very rich opportunity for language learning in the classroom. I think more than ever, I'm feeling like I've got to get them out of the building. We've got to go experience whatever we can, at least in this city, that can help us um, to experience the language and culture. So I'm excited in that sense to, mm -hmm. to, you know, when we're allowed, when nurse Shana allows it and, you know, <laughs> the administration, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to that. I, 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 you know, I don't want to put so much pressure on myself. It's a lot of work to plan those things, but I think more than ever, it's so important to give our students those experiences. So I'm hopeful for that in the future. I think, you know, language education, I think it's a, it's a tricky thing because more and more we're working online and we are working on the screen and we are using, you know, Duolingo and things like that. And again, you know, circling back, there's benefits to all of that, but if it like, this doesn't sound very progressive of me, but I, I hope that we actually circle back to the things that are the most important, which is interaction 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and physically being together and for someone to be there to guide you, to, to, to walk around, to help you out. I, I think, I hope that the future, again, like not looks the same, but I don't, I don't know if I'm so interested in a level of progression that you might see in other subjects that makes sense. Yeah. I, don't know if it, I don't know if it makes sense for languages. Having said that, more experiences maybe virtually connecting with people. You know, we don't, if, if we can't leave and go out into the city, more experiences connecting with people like this, like over a, a, a call or over a FaceTime or, you know, continuing to expose students to, to movies and television and songs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really... You know, sometimes when we say future, we immediately connect that with, you know, technology. Exactly. And, and, and I don't know if I'm so keen. I think we really need to be cautious with that stuff when it comes to learning languages. It, it is also so important at the same time to teach students how to use those tools properly. You might come into the class and see that actually I am teaching students how we can use Google Translate. Okay, you just wrote a sentence in Spanish. I'm telling you, it doesn't make sense. Why don't you put it into Google, see what the translation is? Is that what you meant? Is that what you meant to express? Likely not. So let's figure out what we can change. I'm not trying to say that there's no benefit of using these resources, but there does need to be a lot of guidance, a lot of scaffolding for students to figure out how best and appropriately to use them. Well, the beauty is um, technology really allows us to connect uh, more easily with those around us. Uh, I find that technology gives us a good opportunity to reinforce our learning of certain skills. Um, You can have, whether it be through games, whether it be through interactive uh, conversations they can have with someone further away. Connie, would you agree? What do you think about the future of language learning from a Mandarin perspective. So, but you know, although we say Chinese is an ancient language, okay, but in our school, we are using very modern and advanced methods of teaching. So we use technology in innovative ways. We use video, pair deck in our daily teaching. I like to bring the language to life and help our kids connect to what they are learning. So this makes learning easier and help them remember the new language structures. The strategy I use okay, with my students is we deconstructing each word into different parts by using the smart board tools. Mm-hmm. This makes the learning more visual and more fun. I think that's a very interesting point because there's something about um, the non-Latin languages that because of the, the, they're so visual that you can see how, as I was saying, when I would see you using the smart board and those visuals that could really, really help with, with the acquisition of, of the language. So, so that makes a lot of sense to me for sure. Do you take your ever take your classes out on kind of um, language field trips, like it just in the ta- in, in the city? Yeah, we have the uh, Lula Lounge. Uh, used to be a very uh, common place for us to take students. Uh, it allows we have a an African drumming workshop that we can do, uh, where it's uh, it's actually the, the person running it speaks immersively to the students in French and t- and teaches them about. 
the African culture, the French African aspect of the culture, the drums, they drum together, they have a chance also to transfer their skills in music into French and and just have, we then um, order food in French at the restaurant that's there and, and have a, a whole day out of um, the, the language experience. Oh, that's so cool. So in language classrooms, if we can create these authentic experiences, um, students will you know, not exactly even realize that they're in school learning French, but rather they are excited about participating in something that is relevant current and makes them feel like they are understood when learning. So I want to finish off with something kind of fun. Um, and that is, would you be willing to try to teach me to say something, just a simple sentence or anything in, uh, maybe we can try Spanish first. Yeah, absolutely. So, And I, and I don't speak Spanish, so this is me, you know, pretty new at it. I can say a couple of the the numbers maybe, but <laughs> no worries, no worries. So it's not necessarily a sentence. And I guess Natasha, I don't know, do you have a pen or a pencil? Cuz you know, I do. what's I do. what's super important in languages is that we sort of experience things by listening, by writing and by reading. So it's important that I think you write it down. So I'm going to spell it for you. Okay. Okay. S O B R E M E S A. So again, now I'm going to say it, sobremesa, sobremesa, and now you see it in front of you. So again, when we come to, when we talk about memory and acquisition, it's super important that you've got now that kind of connection with what you're looking at and then what you're hearing, sobremesa. So first thing I want you to try is to repeat, sobremesa, sobremesa. Amazing. And you've got even the little, the roll of your tongue. Amazing. That's the, the hardest part with Spanish. It's so beautiful to hear so sobremesa is a really interesting word. Again, sobremesa. So literally this means over the table, but it's not, you know, some words, and that's something super fascinating about learning languages is, you know, some words just can't be translated. Literally over the table. But sobremesa is that period of time after a meal that you're going to spend chatting. You know, maybe not in my family. My dad gets up right away to do the dishes. But Ideally, you know, you're going to enjoy your meal and then you're going to hang out and you're going to sit yeah. in front of that mess and you're going to eat your dessert and have more wine. And that's the period that you're really continuing to connect. Sobremesa. It's that extra Sobremesa. long lingering, lingering after. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I want to do some sobremesa this evening <laughs> over my Friday so meal. <laughs> that's... um. That's one that's specific from Spain. I don't know. I mean, you know, these Love things, like, you know, Connie kind of mentioned globalization. When we talk about expressions and things, it's, it's sort of hard to, it, it came from Spain, but I'm sure at this point it's used sort of across the board in different places. So yeah. anyway, I'll leave you with, so I, I wish you some sobremesa this weekend. As I do you. Thank <laughs> you. That was wonderful. I would say my French is not very strong. So you are, you are working with someone... <laughs> Who's got some basics, but but uh, but certainly not not fluent in any regard. But if why, I would love just to finish off, if there is something you could you could teach me how to say in French. Well, um, this one will be, I think, uh, simple enough for you to understand. I hope. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's parler français, c'est simple comme bonjour. Now that translates to speaking French is as simple as saying hello. 
Oh, okay. So, parler, parler les français. Parler français, c'est simple comme bonjour. Yeah, I love that. So, par, parler les français, les simple comme bonjour. Yes, c'est simple comme bonjour. Yeah, it's as simple as hello. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You'll actually find that posted at the at, at the front of my classroom, uh, in the door of my classroom. So it's the nice little line. That's beautiful. <laughs> I often say, je ne parle pas français beaucoup. <laughs> <laughs> but I like this better. I like parler le français. So simple comme bonjour. I love it. I love it. Connie, I would love to learn to say something in Mandarin. Maybe you can help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Natasha, I would I would like to say, well, I I really love you. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> it means I. Okay. I is a verb. I. I. I love. Okay. I love. Ni. You. It's you. So I love you. So wa I ni. Wa I ni. Am I? Because yeah, I know the tone. The tonality is the very tone important. Is a wa nai is higher. Yeah. I wa, is nai. a heavy tone. Wa I. Wa I ni. Wa I ni. Good job. <laughs> well, I need yeah, well, I need, well, I need Emily. <laughs> well, I need Emily. Well, I need Natasha. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that because I know that I've I can say you know ni hao which is ni hao which is hello hello yeah yeah but but wa I need ni is I, I love you. you. Oh, yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for teaching me to say something in these beautiful languages. It's just wonderful. I love thinking about the philosophy of teaching language, the beauty of learning language, and why we do this in, in IB. So thank you. Gracias. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Well. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> and thank you very much too. That was uh, that was wonderful. Today we learned that every IB student studies in both their best or first language and in other languages taught as a requirement of the program. This enables students to develop their cross-cultural understanding and explore globally significant ideas and issues through different languages. I loved learning how to say something in Spanish, French, and Mandarin, and have gained a deeper appreciation for how learning another language is a mechanism for global-mindedness. Our students are lucky to have teachers like Andrew, Emily, and Connie, who are so evidently passionate about the languages they teach and provide their students with an engaging and connected environment in which to learn them. You can visit York Talks online at www.yorkschool.com slash admission slash York Talks dash podcast. Subscribe to York Talks where you get your podcasts and tell other families wanting to learn more about how the York School approaches education. I'm your host, Natasha Esty. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. 
please join us again for more York Talks.